All right. It's episode three of Casual Disasters. Can't even talk already. Um, I have Jacob here in the studio with me down at the Spokane Library. Um, He's an epic human. And I was actually thinking this on my way here. One of the most genuinely kind people I've ever met um, always um, comes through for me and my students every year cutting their hair for free with (laughs) his barbershop, Solitude. Um, we have like an interesting history of like learning or getting to know each other and figuring out how we knew each other. So I want to welcome him to the studio and then have him kind of, I don't know, introduce yourself, tell the listeners about Jacob. (laughs) Hell yeah. First off, thank you. I really appreciate the, I don't think I've ever had like an intro before. Oh really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what's our, what's our like swear level? Cause I have a sailor's mouth. Oh, you can swear. I put explicit. Yeah. I wondered about this as a counselor. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be cussing on this. Can I be in trouble for, like, yeah. promoting cussing? Yeah. But feel free to cuss because okay, cool. I put explicit on okay, the episode. Because I speak very, like, <laughs> talk like that aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay, yeah. Intro. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Jake. Jacob. I go by both. I think I've kind of somewhat gone through a bit of a rebrand. A <laughs> um, rebranding, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I just as I as I like go through seasons, I like my associations change a lot, and so I think is I think is like time has gone on how I view myself, all the way down to like my name. I just feel like that needs to change because I feel like I made a joke with my buddy, like, "Oh, that was some short hair Jake shit that you were doing back when I had short hair and I had long <laughs> hair." People knew me long hair, long hair Jake. Um, so yeah, I'm Jake, short hair Jake currently, um, and I'm a barber, I am a simple, simple dude, I don't think I have many, like, explanatives anymore, I think I kind of fell out of, like, wanting to be anything other than what I feel like I am, which is just a barber. That's so funny, because I think of you as way more than that, actually, What's funny is our connection when I started this podcast, I talked yeah. about um, being neurodivergent, having yeah. ADHD, yeah. and then it was funny, I was texting Jake on my way here that I was <laughs> I was on a hike, and I underestimated how much time it was going to take me to get my car, yeah. and you were perfectly running late, yeah. um, <laughs> like ADHD But it worked twins. out, because that's where, like, I took advantage of that, because I, I got here, what, at 15? Okay. So I had 10 minutes, and in that 10 minutes, I immediately just started, like, exploring, and it worked out. Like, and that's totally something I would do. Yeah, and I found out about the cool, um, I can't even remember what they're called, but they're, like, art that someone that worked at the library was contracting from other, like, library artists from around the fucking country. That's, yeah, you were just telling me that. I haven't even seen Dude, that display yet. like, book curses, and then they turned into book rhymes because Christians, and then now it's like art and they inscribe it in the book so if you find a book that's got an inscription a poem or a curse in it fuckers worth some money wow kind of what i gleaned from it no clue mindset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah turn every single thing into, into money profit. is yeah. what the capitalist would say <laughs> exactly well i was gonna back up to like your journey i was also i went hiking with my cousin and i was telling her yeah. um that we have this crazy connection because you well, first of all, how old are you? You're like way younger than I yeah, remembered. I, 
I turned 25 just a little bit ago. But you're like already a business owner, which <laughs> yeah. I was saying is so badass. Yeah. This 25 year old, like how many years have you owned your barber shop? <clears throat> we actually just hit two years. What's the date today? Like the 20, the 28th, 28th. Yeah. A year or two years and 28 days. <sighs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was just saying how impressive that is. Um, for someone your age to already be like fully immersed in like running a business is crazy to me and how brave that would be because like, you know, traditionally we're told, cause you grew up in Spokane. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're, so you're my first guest. That's actually from born raised in Spokane. I've had a lot of transplant people right, on people that find a home here. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a really interesting, like choosing to come here and stay here. I think so too. I'd, I'd say even more so than being born here. Because <laughs> we're like indebted yeah, to Spokane like, or something. What else am I gonna do? This is home. <laughs> Where am I gonna go? Yeah, Colorado. Good, dude. I'm curious, because um, that's another thing I talk about. Um, kind of personally, being like that, I grew up Catholic. Oh, I want yeah. Colin and I both. Dude, I've yeah. been studying that a lot lately. Have you? Yeah, just orthodoxies. Whoa, yeah. that would be. Because there's yeah. Oh man, I could go in on that. Okay. I studied, so part of Catholic school on that same time. St. Al's? <laughs> no, All Saints Catholic School. Oh, yeah. Both, all yeah. my siblings went there except Johnny. Yeah. Um, Colin and I, uh, I was going to say, and Lexi, actually, my sister, we yeah. were raised in the Catholic school, K 8, and you had to take Catholicism, yeah. or, well, re- all religions was required every year. What so do you f- mean? So I had to learn every religion, which what? people are always blown away by that. Yeah, that doesn't sound like. That sounds like uh, there's a, a community in Spokane that has a religion like that, where it's like it's there's like a pastor for every religion, and it's a home for every home, home for every deity. I joke about Catholics um, being this kind of they're just that full of themselves that they're like <laughs> nobody. I'm not one. We're not going to go begging at your door, so we're not going to be like Jehovah's right. Witness begging right. you to join. Yeah, and we're also not going to be afraid to teach you about other religions because we dominate. So Damn. like you're not going to be. We're not afraid of you. That's like, kind of fucking hardcore, actually. <laughs> Except that I am not practicing no, at all. No. So no, but it's just <laughs> but it's funny to me because I'm like, wow, you guys are kind of like tough. You think like it's like the alpha religion. Yeah, yeah. like. We're not threatened by other religions. <laughs> not, We're not threatened by. Fuck it, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're Straight gonna learn up it all. Just like mad dog in their fucking faith values. Yeah, exactly. Like, What's up, dude? <laughs> Hold a sword against it. Yeah. So actually, that reminds me to back up. So you grew up raised here. Yeah. Like, what do you think keeps you in Spokane? Um. Okay. So, I kind of fell into my positions in life. I'm actually so even for me. So my faith values. I'm a Christian. And I live and abide in that wholeheartedly, um, which is why I'm so interested in Catholicism. So my faith values have placed me, what I believe to be in a position um, where I've just kind of been at the will of my faith. And I I guess to explain that is like when I was 18, 17, 18, I was super curious about like joining the military, maybe going to a Bible college, maybe traveling and just disappearing and going somewhere far, far away, like New Orleans. <laughs> and I, that's not far, far away, but. <laughs> I know, mean, my, but that seems big in Spokane. My, yeah, my mind was just like all over the place. And I remember I, I sat and I tried to be at Moody. Did you ever hear about Moody? Oh, yeah. yeah. I have good friends who've gone there. Yeah. My co-counselor at Yasuhara, Sam, who you've yeah, met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She went to Moody. Well, that's what I wanted to do. I was 18 and I really wanted to be a pastor. I was so stoked on that. And so like, I went down that rabbit hole 
didn't like it, didn't feel called there. This is where that faith part comes in where I, I try and listen to what people call it a gut feeling. I call it spiritual discernment. So for me, it's just simply like before I make those big decisions, I'll just sit down and be like, all right, God, is this what I need to be doing? And that's where people call it either a gut feeling. I say that's God talking to me. That's just my simple relationship with him. Um, and he was like, no. And I'm like, really? Bible school? No. Oh, okay. So I wanted to be a fireman. And this is when I was at on track. Um, oh, yeah. OTA. Shout out Scott Sorensen. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I remember I was told everybody that I was like, I'm going to be a fireman. I like, there's a picture of me senior year holding a little plaque that says fireman on it. Like, cause I graduated barely. And I was like, that's where I'm going to go. And so I go to the local community college. I test in, I do all my stuff and I'm like, hell yeah, this is what I'm going to do. But I hadn't talked with the big guy yet. So I sat down and I was like, all right, God, am I doing what I need to be doing here? Like, this seems like, cause I wanted to join the military. I had this like servant's heart and I really wanted to like a little self-destructively, like throw my, throw my life away to like help somebody else. I was really pretentious when I was younger. I was like, fuck yeah, this is my mission. I'm going to fucking die and save someone. And that's my lot in life. And I didn't want to do the military because I just really struggle with authority. And I think as I sat there, prayed, and I was like, is this what I'm doing? Like, is this the self-sacrifice I was looking for? Um, out of nowhere, being a barber popped into my head. It just, okay, where did that come from? And I gave it to God, and I was like, that's wild. I sat on it for like 30 minutes. Just like pondering, like the whole lifestyle that the switch that comes from that, how I'm going to be perceived, like the fear of, you know, I've told everybody I'm going to do one thing and then I'm going to just switch up and do one of the most dramatic switch ups that I can do in my life. Uh, and so I dropped out of college right then and there and applied to beauty school. And that ended up blessing me all the way up until this point where now I'm a business owner in Spokane in a barber shop. Now, when I look at, to like refer back to your question, like why am I still like in Spokane? Why do I feel drawn back here? I don't think it's a me thing. I feel like, I just feel like I've been called back here for some reason. I don't look too deeply into it. I don't want to feel mystical about it, but I just feel really passionate about the life that I've built here by being obedient because I've spent my whole life being disobedient and fucking up a lot and really making a lot of negative decisions. And I feel like, the decisions I make in obedience tend to really freaking help me out. And so with my shop, I've already set roots and that feels like obedience. I'm building up a community within my shop. That feels like obedience. That feels like what I need to be doing here. And I think the longer I stay in Spokane, the more I feel like there's just like these inner turning gears to this city that are so special that I don't think people see. And I think I've been really blessed, you know, with that spiritual discernment of just seeing, seeing what isn't obvious to the, to the plain eye. It's got me a lot of opportunities and conversations with people. It's got me a lot of opportunities in business and friendships and any advantages that I have. And so I think I see that in the city where there's just so many amazing things that are just starting to bubble up. Like why leave a ship that's just now rising above the waves, you know? Oh, yeah. It's an interesting view because some people, I think, who aren't doing many things interesting with their life are like, fuck this city, dude. This place sucks. I'm trying to go somewhere else. And I'm like, okay, cool. But, like, this place is sick, dude. <laughs> There's cool stuff here. Like, have you yeah. transcended the bullshit? Yeah. You have? 
Wait, have I? Have you ever transcended? I'm not going to share the secrets, but have you transcended the bullshit? What do you mean as far as like? You know that art sculpture? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you? Like, have I transcended bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> or what do you, yeah. I want to know more about that. I don't know if I can say it. I feel like I'm spilling a Spokane secret. I Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'm I don't know what this it. is. I really you, need to I'll know. I'll tell you uh, what you can apply to it. Like, this is just one of the cool things I freaking love about Spokane. I'm sure it's in every other city. Um, do you know the the sculptures next to, you know, the clock tower? Yeah. Across the bridge. And then there's those sculptures, the dude with the wheelbarrow, maybe with the girl. Yeah. If you lay down and look under her heel, it says transcend the bullshit under the heel. Really? So it's an interactive art piece. Okay. That artist, all of their work has some form of interactive element to it. So They've done a bunch of metal sculptures around here, right? Yeah, look at them closely. Okay. Look at them really closely. And I think I think you're gonna be stoked on like what you find. Some of them require breaking the rules. Bullshit. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I like this concept. I yeah, I don't think it was intended to be that way, and I also don't think it's maybe as safe to do some of them anymore. I was gonna say, are you maybe the theorist behind this? So have you ever asked the artist? Like, I I don't. Is he still alive? I have no idea. Me I can't even remember his name right now. Me neither. Um, I learned something about him. I can't even remember where it was, but like just about his sculpting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like in Spokane. It's so interesting. I think that's like, I get stoked on on shit like that. Like, I look at the creative stuff. Even with this, uh, it was what eighteen ninety two was the year that this dude was sending out his personal artwork it was like the witch's coven and he made an art piece <laughs> you mean in it. the library yeah, yeah just this thing right here he called it the witch's coven it was his art piece that he indented into the book and then he was like hey other librarians around the world send me your cool art pieces that you also made and he's like mine was published so i'm valid so send me yours and i just want to have them and so he started doing trading and that's a spokane thing Okay. The bullshit's a Spokane thing. See, like I was thinking of like the classic sign that's like that carving of like transcend the bullshit. It's like what yeah. I thought you were referring yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know there was like specific Spokane. There's like little adventures you can go on if you're down to break the rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Which you appealed to me when I was younger. I was gonna say a lot of um, things that we have in common. Well, right before when I was talking about Catholicism, yeah. that's how I feel about Spokane. Like there was like a higher calling of like, I was really drawn to like Mary and nuns and yeah. women in power, like in Catholicism because yeah. we worship Mary, um, yeah. women empowerment. And so, yeah. but something always called me back to serving this community. Yeah. Even though I'm not practicing, like yeah. I still have spirituality. I've always felt there was some bigger, higher reason that I needed to stay. And I talked about it like the very first episode, like, yeah. I don't know if it's masochism, like I like being in pain, yeah, but yeah. I like always feel drawn to the students here because just like yeah. you, I was an angsty yeah. teen. I felt like human. Yeah. Like I always yeah. felt different or other. I grew up, um, low income. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, interacting with wealthy people though. I was in a Catholic private school. Same. I, I had a similar, I had a single mom who was raising me. Stepdad came into the picture when I was like five or so, but like leading through these things, my single mom was busting her ass to put me in St. Al's. Oh, and yeah. We went until we couldn't afford it anymore. And so I was there K through four, K through three. Okay. And same thing. I have connections now with people that are important people now. They do really awesome stuff, but they were the wealthier off families. Like that yeah. wasn't, I wasn't. I was problematic there, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, That's something you and Colin have in common. Just problematic kids. Yeah. Well, both of you, I uh, 
actually, this is some background that you should tell because yeah. that's actually how we met is your connection to my brother. Yeah. Like, so, you, like, Colin and you met. Yeah. You were just telling me the story recently. Yeah. Like, I didn't so, know the depth of which you knew him. I think, I think when I look back, there weren't many people that I thought were, like, cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was just like, people are kind of boring. Uh, the first time I went to get a good haircut, it was sophomore or junior year, and I went to Brickyard, and I happened to just walk in and sit in his chair. And I remember he took a picture of my haircut. And I was like, I didn't know anybody gave a shit about that. Why would anybody, like, it's just a haircut. Because I didn't, I didn't see it at the time. I was like, why does anybody care about what they just did to my head on my stupid, like, <laughs> high school boy haircut? But, you know, I look back every once in a while, and I'm like, oh, yeah, just, you know, a little skin fade action. That's sick. <laughs> it's a good haircut. Yeah. But I remember thinking, like, that's just such a cool experience. And he had such a, like, nonchalant attitude about everything. Just, like, didn't seem to be affected by any of the the working pieces of anything except for like what he was like stoked on like his art kind of creates yeah creatively this is interesting he's like lasered on his thing and so i'd just be curious i think we were friends on either instagram or snapchat or something and i'd like (laughs) be doing stuff and he'd be like that's cool or he'd be like hey congrats you graduated come get a haircut and i just i thought that was such an interesting relationship to have because he was so much older than me and i think even now sometimes i feel undeserving of relationships based on how I view the person. Like, if I hold them in a good respect, sometimes if they see me with any reciprocity, I'm like, no, I'm good, dude. I'm not like that. Like, you don't need to, you don't need to pay attention to me. Um, but he did. And he moved from Brickyard, and he was like, hey, I'm opening a spot called Valiant. Will you come with? And I was like, oh, absolutely. So I went from one barbershop to the other. Completely different vibe, but also similar in that it was just like, it had a vision. Brickyard has a vision. I f- I, so I worked there, too. But oh, I'll, I, I'll I don't think that. I knew that part. Yeah. I'll get into that because <laughs> I I remember distinctly asking him one haircut. And I was like, dude, so like, do you make money from this? <laughs> like, <laughs> why was, are you even doing this? He was this? like, yeah, dude. What yeah, the fuck? why the hell do you think <laughs> I <laughs> appear here mean? every day and cut <laughs> hair and stand on my feet eight hours <laughs> a day? Like, it's like a side hustle, right? He was like, yeah, for sure, dude. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> but it got me. Th- that was like an unintentional, like thing that I was like interesting I didn't know this could be successful how rad mm-hmm. but you know 17 18 year old me I just again I had blinders on I was raised way conservative way sheltered and I just saw the world in a really not I think not okay way at first it took me a while to kind of break the blinders off and start to like be less self-centered because I think when I viewed the world self-centered I wasn't I wasn't being considerate in that moment right and as I got more considerate, more aware, more like stoked on the world outside of my own understanding, I was like, dude, there are cool people out here. Dude's making money doing hair. Yeah. And he's able to leave and start a shop. Like I, I just started thinking. I was like, how the fuck does this thing that doesn't make sense to me succeed? And um, shortly after I had that like prayer session in the parking lot and I was like, I'm going to be a barber, I called Colin because I was like, well, my barber's going to know. I go, dude, do you think I should be a barber or a Cosmo? And he's like, oh, Cosmo all the way. I was like, oh, okay. At any reason? I don't remember the reason. He just was like, do it. You have more opportunity. So I applied to Glendow. Three months later, I went in. Started within like the second or third week. I was the school's vice president. 
<laughs> that's Wendy, so cool. Wendy was the president, and I mean, it's like kind of a fake title. We just had responsibility for like organizing events. But I love for that. Me, though. I was like, I was like, what's up? I'm the VP. Yeah, <laughs> I have power guy. here in Glendale. Yeah. Flex Which on everybody. Is closing. Just shut down. Uh, what? My I'm heart like, broke seeing that. Yes, I don't even know if I've talked today. to my brother about it closing. Like such an end of like a huge staple for Spokane. I think it's. I don't know. If, I, I I looked at the post and everybody's like. Everybody's like, yo, that's so sad. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I fucking didn't like it there. (laughs) 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 I think about it for my brother. Like, it was Martin, right? Yeah. That I didn't, I never met him. Was such a mentor and inspiration to my brother. Really? My brother was going through a lot. I won't like tell his story, but like, it's, it's his face to tell it. But that man really opened the door to kind of this restorative practices with my brother when my brother was really going yeah, through it. That's and you know how they had that thing if you miss class or you like... Yeah, they charge you. you they charge yeah. you and Colin was getting Dude. in a space of like <laughs> owing them a fuck ton of money, I think. <laughs> Same <laughs> you thing. You can relate to this. I got suspended. Yeah, I think Colin probably <laughs> did Multiple too. Times. I know that he was um, really opening this door though for my brother that I don't think anyone ever had. Like yeah. seeing his potential and saying yeah, like you're fucking up yeah. and we're going to, we're not going to allow this, but like yeah. we're going to, you're going to keep gonna fixing this. You, big dog. Yeah. And I thought that was, I don't know why I always thought of him and respected him for that. Like yeah. as an educator Just and I'm an educator, oh, I was like, I can see that. Connection. I was like, yeah. damn, this man is like, I don't know. I was inspired by him. Like he had his own quirks and things. Um, and when he passed away, that was really devastating, you know, su- yeah. like dying by suicide. And like, I know that yeah. really impacted that community um, or just our Spokane community in general. But I think I've always felt like a connection. To yeah. Him. Grateful to him or something like what a human yeah. that like can be a mess or goes through his own shit. But like for me, maybe that's just like very personal. But I was like my brother, like yeah. got this fighting chance because this man saw his potential. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's a testament to how much. Like you care so deeply about your family. Oh how yeah, that just kind of inseminates into like your life, like everything. Yeah. So to have that level of respect for a place that you haven't been to, based on how it affected your life, kind of retroactively. <laughs> yeah, I think I just have like, oh, I really love cool. Glendale for how they yeah. take, and I think there are a lot of angsty probably people with mental health and yeah. different things that are in that space, and you probably could talk a lot about that. Yeah. And I the shit that goes down at Glendale, and maybe why. Yeah, there was, was volatility or yeah, maybe I won't even I think <laughs> I, so I, I, w- I started educating there in 2018. So in the legacy. Oh, you were teaching there. No, no, no. Oh, sorry. Edu- you like, were getting, I started okay. getting educated. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he had already passed. Yeah, he'd already passed. And all I ever heard was stories. And um, I never got to experience anything other than like what I like the legacy of what he left behind, which was Glendale. And it, it, when I started. And I don't think this is any fault of what he created, to be honest, because I really think that he had a passion for education, which is why Glendale even came around. But what was left in the wake was a bunch of people who were trying their best to make it happen, and it wasn't really, like, executing. There was a lot of turnover. There was a lot of – there was a lot of just poor decisions made by some of the staff, people that I won't name, just yeah. because, like, uh, it took a lot. Like, forgiveness is a – easy thing for me but I think real forgiveness like acknowledging the people that you really felt like strong feelings towards and like getting to that forgiveness point is just super difficult but 
some of the like I almost quit doing mystery after like I was Joey Jones saved me do you have you ever met Joey Jones I think I have he was there with my brother I think he might have been an educator yeah, yeah that name sounds super familiar he, I was so he was the Hanzo rep at the time yeah yeah and I fucking Joey upsets me and bothers me in a way that like a brother does you know i've built that relationship with him where i'm like you bastard i love you you know but when i was there you know i feel like i had an ex my mom went there and oh so I, I didn't know that and she would tell me like it was a little bit more well oiled she was there when mark was there and like it was I, I had these expectations of like and and who i was too i remember there were so many moments where i had so much self-discovery i was oh, I bet. I was 18 you know Dude, so young I was 18 and <laughs> so vulnerable I was just <laughs> discovering myself and trying to be not in high school but like back in a high school environment and I really struggled and towards the end of it as I built up a skill set and I built up my confidence it started to get shredded away by some of the staff there and I didn't think that was possible for me because I'm so self-secure when it comes to like my dreams and ambitions like sometimes I think lesser of myself but for the most part like my security isn't affected by that like I'm pretty confident in what I can and can't do so by the end of that when I was questioning what I can and can't do and I felt that like considerably jaded just mindset about everything I'm like fuck doing hair fuck doing mystery I don't know what I'm gonna do I just wasted my life like, yeah what the fuck am I even doing I remember Joey showed up and I was like dude good to see you and he was like what are you doing right now because I was just in the dumps and he was like he was like come with me i was like dude i'm gonna he's like i don't give a fuck get in the car let's go because <laughs> i was gonna get charged for leaving because you know you leave at all without permission you're charged for the day joy was like fuck that get in the car let's go and he like talked to the people he's like he's got a day off he's good <laughs> and they were like okay dude and he took me around to all the other salons and just took me on his rounds and he would do that consistently just be like dude Let's go do this. Let's go do that. Let me get you out of this environment. Let me show you what it's like to be in this industry. Um, like the real industry, not the beauty school aspect of it. Because it's a black hole if you're in the beauty school. It sucks. You feel like you're in the worst part of high school where you're just under somebody's thumb. You're learning. But it's it's brutal in beauty school. I, I don't think anybody that I know of that's graduated beauty school would be like, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was a great experience. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't know that I've ever heard. No one, I don't <laughs> know if I've heard no someone say that, it's honestly. It's a bunch of adults acting like kids. And I was a kid, so I was really disappointed. Because I expected adults to act like adults. Oh, no. So I was like, dang, I thought I was going to be the rebellious one. And I was. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely was fucking <laughs> around. But I expected, like, the 27 and 28-year-olds to... Like, I think of myself Like, rise now. to the occasion, yeah, maybe like, be a mentor to you. In some ways. Yeah. Instead, it was, like, an unfortunate, like, peer. I didn't want to be peers with people that were acting like me. And I look back, and I'm like, what the fuck was that, dude? And it's any beauty school you go to. It's just kind of how it goes. It's the culture of it. It's a ego industry, man. It's the beauty industry. <sighs> yeah, I think about that. That's just such a superficial, maybe, yeah, yeah like magnifying some of our cultures like mm -hmm. if i'm being honest like dark mm -hmm. underbelly of america like yeah standards of beauty dude competing it, for beauty how you're highlighting other people's beauty 100%. in the superficial way even with like photography like Ugh. i'm really into my photography when i take pictures of haircuts and i have to check myself and be like 
am I favoring this person? Am I favoring the haircut? Like, what, uh. are, my, what are my intentions here? Like, am I just like your own implicit bias? Yeah, yeah. that's cool that what you're doing I, that though. What am I? How? Like, am I affecting? And I, I have to kind of push it away at some point because I'll just rabbit hole. Oh yeah. You know, but like, I'm like, am I? Am I reinforcing negative shit? Like stereotypes yeah. of like. Yeah. Oh, is it like, I don't know, it could be like, yeah, beauty beauty standard, standard, what people look like. Yeah, like you're more attractive than so-and-so. And and it's a, I I get into those like, like fixations often. And that's where like, I'll, I'll sit in prayer or I'll sit in journal. And I journal um, in a really interesting way. Like I just, I don't really write like concise thoughts. I write really broad, like concepts down of like how I'm feeling and I'll yeah. just like jot down these like vague ass things and then I'll readdress it later and see if I can like I don't know it helps me really get I feel like if I take it seriously and treat my problems creatively I tend to kind of heal from them a little bit easier oh yeah and or fix them because I don't know it, it's it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting headspace to be in just like can I make this problem a creative problem and can I like benefit from it can I create from it even in journaling, taking care of myself. That's how this all started. Really? Yeah, I was in such a dark space after some, like, relational, mm. not the person you know, which yeah. I've never mentioned on this podcast, but Tight. a previous, <laughs> like, really long-term relationship I had gotten out of was, like, pretty yeah. unsafe, honestly, like, yeah. narcissistic, abusive, yeah. all those things. Yeah. And I was, like, looking for outlets for art, and I find that art, you know, storytelling is important to me, mm. which is, I kind of the, I would say, mission, vision of this podcast is, yeah. like, tell people's stories. Yeah. Um, but that is where I was, like, that is healing to, like, yeah. creatively find these outlets. So it isn't just, like, through talk therapy I find that people can heal. Mm. I think it's through what you're talking about that we, we don't really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't have to be in that sterile, like, environment, you know? Yeah. Like, it can be no, out agree. in the earth. Well, and that, I think I, I maybe misrepresented, like, it's not just when I'm questioning my potential typecasting and, like, models for my haircuts that I go in and, like, creatively journal, but it's when I go through a breakup, or it's when I go through a, a doubt, or it's when I go through a season of depression. That's mm-hmm. what I do. I have to, it's not just me questioning my public morals and values and, like, the efficacy of my social media page, but, like... <laughs> That's not what gets me like, oh, I'm going to get all introspective and write my fucking journal. Yeah. No, it's it's just kind of a part of it. But, yeah, I I agree. Like, therapy's great. Yeah. Therapy's amazing. But being able to, like, build your own box of understanding about yourself and then look from the outside in on that within writing where you're only – like, there's no one that's giving you affirmation except for yourself in that moment. Yeah. I think that needs to go hand in hand with therapy. That's what I've discovered. And that – that's that emotional intelligence that I've really strived for since I was young. And I think it's the reason why I persevered through a lot of my bad decisions was because I had that accountability and I, I had that yearning to try and just like genuinely pursue to be a better person. Cause I was viscerally aware of how fucked up I was. I'm not even the same as I was a year ago. And I, I, I genuinely attribute it to just like taking that time to reflect like that, to yeah. turn it into an art, to turn it into some form of poetry or spoken word. I think that's Whatever super that powerful. Be. I think so too. I'm really grateful for it. Like, I don't even, I don't know if I want kids, but if I do, me neither. <laughs> if I do, I want them to know that skill. 
Oh, yeah. I think about that a lot. Bestowing that wisdom upon them, yeah. Yeah, being like, dude, get creative with your fucking sadness. (laughs) Yeah. If you want to heal sadness, get creative with it. sad, say some gross shit in a journal and get it out. Like, (laughs) you sappy little bitch. Yeah. (laughs) The sappier, the better. Yeah. Yeah, gosh, you said a bunch of things that really stood out to me, and I don't even know where I was going to go with it, but I was Mm. thinking about, like, that healing process that, like, creatively i don't even know you just said some stuff like i find with people who have um adhd or neurodivergent Mm, are sometimes in a shame spiral that can block them from doing those creative outlets like i know you and i both really want to do stand-up comedy that's another reason this podcast started because i was so afraid of openness yeah, but, well, I hope you actually, like, both of us actually yeah. go and do stand <laughs> Still self-deprecating. Yeah, just because I'm, I'm like, you're doing it, dog. am I good enough? Like, I haven't studied this long enough. So, like, yeah. you know, for the last two years, I've been going almost weekly to comedy and still so Not deathly afraid. It. And I then I found that out about you the other night that yeah. you, too, have, like, been going yeah. and writing and not doing it like me. <laughs> yeah, I think there's, even, like, when I got on this, like, I noticed my personality shift and it kind of caught me off guard because I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good. Like, like being a public facing human being and acting the same as I do in private that I do in spaces like this. And I've gotten comfortable now, but even at the very start, I was like, damn, in a podcast setting, yeah, it's even very, this, people it's have so told me this is the most is. vulnerable space. Yeah. And I never thought about it but like, like that. How I respond to it is different than how I thought I would. I was like, damn, why am I not easy going anymore? What the fuck's going on? Like I, I just stopped. I'm, I've settled in now. Like, I feel better now. But, like, even, like, that first, like, 10 minutes, I'm like, dang, what if I do stand-up? And all the confidence and all the thought that I had yeah. just, like, and even if I do say some funny shit, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not always in that, like, headspace. I'm not, like, I used to have, like, the general, like, when people would be like, tell me about Jacob. Oh, he's funny. He's good. Like, that was, like, the only thing used to describe me. And I think it's because I didn't take myself seriously. I, I take myself dead serious now, more than I ever have, to the point where it's embarrassing. And it's hard for me to always break that, especially if I'm like, maybe I set it up and put it in my head that I'm going to go. If I can't get out of that headspace of just being like, <laughs> like, too, I don't even know. What if I don't execute? And I'm like, oh, but it doesn't matter. I'm in a bar with like seven people there. Do I really care? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that like, kind of, I don't want to say like, my brother always says is like the sad clown, like kind of yeah, always on performance dude. level. Oh my fucking god! That yeah. Well, yeah. Like having to hold the room, like because yes. that's the pressure you've put on yourself, yeah. kind of. Yeah. I feel like earlier I mentioned um, like spiritual discernment and just discernment in general, like empathy, and I think from how much emotional shit that I've experienced and like the life that I've lived I I know how I act in certain situations and I I'm really like self-aware when it comes to those like interactions that when I see people not even maybe knowing that they're acting in a way that I'm like oh I've been vulnerable like that before let me lighten the mood like yeah I get so I like can pick up on the subtle cues of people's shit because I'm I know my subtle cues like I can I, I just am like damn I feel like I need a liven the room up i feel like i need to make people laugh i feel like i need to take the pressure off of this person because they're not they're not you know representing themselves well or they're not they're not (laughs) you know whatever it is i get this like defensive mechanism for strangers 
Me I, too. It's like bizarre. like I feel it so deeply when people are off, and I want to. I'm like I get embarrassed like for them. Yeah, and then yeah. I'm like, oh, I better like I like take make it, it weird and yeah. weirder. Yeah, like just let me let get me weird for them the, to feel less weird. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. And whether it's in that capacity or like kind of feeling the sad boy shit, and then wanting to not be and presenting that how people know me. Like a lot of people who know me know me is just this like jolly, bally, yeah, charismatic. Jolly and I'm like, damn. So when I'm like bummed at the shop because I'm, I'm a human being and I'm sad yeah. sometimes, people are like, dude, are you good? And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Let me be fucking sad for like Like having days here. of quiet and introspection yeah. is people hard for people. Yeah, they, they see the clown makeup still, right? But it's just a sad dude in there every now and then. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's real. Sometimes I smile and the laugh lines are breaking the paint and I'm yeah. stoked. <laughs> um, yeah. But then it's almost like uh, like that looming you could yeah the shame spiral you just like like fuck yeah like kind of almost i don't know if this is what you're saying but like that oh i'm responsible for everyone's feelings if i'm not being like somewhat i don't i think i shed that responsibility feeling a while ago but that can be a hard one for people in our empathetic yeah honestly you might be right i might have to look at myself in that and see like see if i can break some of those honestly those shackles that responsibility like i do that a lot i tend to i tend to like i've built a stable life for myself without like the help of other people so when i see people that are in positions that i'm in because i was maybe struggling at one point i try and like throw myself at the help like in help of others sometimes to my own downfall whether it's emotionally socially physically mentally yeah, that resp- it's a, it is a responsibility. Well, yeah. you're the leader, too. So I think, like, yeah. when you're thinking about leadership and you're, like, running this barbershop, there yeah. is, like, some sense of, like, I am yeah, kind of, s- I don't want to say setting the tone, but, like, no, I, mean I feel responsible or something, yeah. like, I, I guess, which I yeah. feel is normal, too. Yeah, it's when it carries, though. Because yeah. I do have a responsibility to the people that I've, you know, hired on, anybody, whether that's a new barber or someone that's been with me now for a year or so. It's, it's, uh... I think I think uh, Enneagram explains it well, or maybe it's. I haven't Enneagram. done that, by the way. I want to find out my you number. Should. It's awesome. What are you? Uh, I'm a two. Ooh, I forget the wings. I was like, yeah, and it's, what? I think I'm a two wing four. And what is that for know. you? Like, do you know what like that know. describes? I don't. I. I think I think when I read it and did it, I was like. Oh, that makes sense. So my girlfriend watches the podcast, and so I'll be listening, and like maybe a two will be on, and they'll explain it, and I'm like, oh yeah, I resonate. And my girlfriend's a four. So okay. the way it works is it's it's kind of like a a, a circle mm-hmm. where whatever your number is, you have two wings. Oh, okay. And what I was kind of getting at earlier with like that um, responsibility feeling is like within turbulence or when he- within healthy is when it's okay to be that way. But I have to be cautious in moments of turbulent responsibility or turbulent toxic take control of the room to make people feel some type of way like that controlling feeling i really have to be cautious with that but when i'm in i don't know the correct term but when i'm in non-turbulent feeling and i feel healthy and i'm secure within myself and i don't have those struggles that's when it's the i'm the best human that i can possibly be that's when it's good to have a responsibility to help other people and i'm doing it without covering up my own shit it's after yeah. i kind of covered my own shit which i'm in a season of right now it feels good I'm that's awesome 
Yeah, it is. Because then you're helping and you don't feel that sense of like it's it, not weighing on me. Yeah, I like can help and leave codependency or like yeah. it's pour, you know like your cup is running dry from pouring in right now. Like yeah. it isn't. Like you're yeah. feeling good about yeah. like helping others or pouring yeah, into right. others. Which I think there is like a balance or difference when yeah. I'm in turbulence like yeah. that, yeah. and it's just draining me and I'm not being it's replenished. Totally. And your but it's almost like you're like a an ant just following the hive signal. Like fuck, help, help, help. <laughs> nah dude chill chill fucking relax then help yeah yeah that's it's like a hardwiring if you've acted like that long enough it's just a habit you're habitually helpful to the point where it's kind of probably a problem yeah (laughs) i feel i think actually i never thought about this um your guys's profession is really the helping profession um like i always hear these jokes about like Oh, I go to my hairstylist, my therapist. Like, they refer to you guys as therapists. And I, like, my hairstylist has been cutting my hair since I was nine. Yeah. Uh, Department Z, Zoe. Let's go. I love Zoe. Yeah. I love Zoe. (laughs) Her little Spokane stickers. I want her to be on this podcast. I told her this last time I told her. But I always feel grounded when I'm in her space. Mm -hmm. And I feel a sense of home with her. And so she knows everything about me yeah. and i think about that um how many other people spaces yeah. that you guys yeah. are holding for people a lot in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot to the point where like it it, it it could it could make me cry like the amount of energy that it takes but also the amount of like it's like you can i think sometimes i don't acknowledge that clients have generous attributions or like they give the benefit of the doubt like you like when i'm having a bad day or maybe she's not as talkative or maybe i'm not as talkative you guys are aware that we're people yeah no i honestly go in there and i'm like i want to know about you like how are you because it's so hard you're probably asking intentionally but all it takes is building a culture my the culture of my barbershop is super communicative like yeah you guys are and sometimes I'm not in that space. So maybe you're coming in, you're like, I want to know about you. But she's like, Bro. I'm tapped. But you're not yeah. able to express that because she probably does have like carefree. I'm totally speaking like, yeah, from you. But own. no, I think that is but like your that, like example. Like there's times where I have every intention of wanting to build a deeper relationship with my clientele or trying to express like how much I care about them through self-sharing because I just love to do that. I love yeah. to tell people about my life and let them know me so I can know them. And then but they connect with you deeper. Yeah, but in moments and seasons where I'm not ready for that, sometimes months where I'm like, dude, if you ask about me, I'm going to fucking freak Slap out. Slap you. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's it sucks. And that's that burnout. That's that side effect of turbulent responsibility. That's the side effect of dealing with people that aren't on the same page. I don't even know how to really explain it. Like, that's yeah. just depression. Oh, and it's yeah it it will eat me fucking alive sometimes because every now and then i'm not on my best for clientele and then the people that you know i kind of have those superficial relationships with where you see them and you're like dude what's up yeah but then you're like i love doing that with you but sometimes like man i'm fucking not feeling it now all of a sudden you think there's a problem because and now you think i'm an asshole yeah you think i'm an asshole or you know you have a negative interaction with me because i'm seeing you know 12 10 to 12 people a day and sometimes three of those people are people that I consider like my like bucket to bucket sharing people fuck man I don't have the energy I don't like it's fucked I don't care I don't give a fuck about some of these people but I also give the most fucks yeah. about yeah, some of these you people you do yeah and that's like I get what you're it's saying not, it's like feels 
not in a medical sense, but just like that bipolar feeling of like sometimes I'm on, sometimes I'm off to like a gnarly level. But that is part of being neurodivergent too. Yeah. Like sometimes I go into almost debilitating levels where I'm like, I need to yeah. like get totally removed from humans Bro, to reset. Crawl into a hole yeah. and be okay with it. Yeah. yeah, dude. I used to do that in high school and I don't do it anymore and I don't know why. I actually, that's part of the reason I got kicked out. Um, I would skip class and I would fuck off and I'd take my car and a hammock and a journal and I would just drive like north into Newman Lake or Colville. No way. And I just stay out there. And I was like, where the fuck are you? you know? like, Wait, did they kick you out for attendance reasons? Like not attendance attending? Attendance and just fucking problematic. Yeah. yeah. Just problematic kid. Always fucking up. And yeah, those are my people. As yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> those are the people I'm most I, drawn to helping. I lived authentically from beginning to end, dude. Yeah problematically non-problematically but it's because of that like taking the punishment square on the chin i never tried to like disavow it i was always like yeah okay that's my behavior no matter it how, makes, how yeah. bad i always try to take accountability it's difficult it's really fucking difficult and it slaps your ego some stuff gets held over you but i mean that's why i got this bullshit it's like i like to wear my heart on my sleeve but I would take that, and sometimes it'd be too much. And in moments like what we were talking about, that just like isolation, I'd dip for like a day or two, and I just crash out in uh, wherever. Up so north. you don't do that anymore. You don't need that kind of reset I from do, humanity. I do need it, but I I have, and this is to no fault of my partner or my friends, but. I feel like I have different obligations that I can't get away from. Like I love being with my people. Yeah. So maybe it's, it's filling you instead of depleting you. Maybe they'll fill half the bucket, but going out would fill the whole bucket. And I think I compromise knowing that at least I'm getting filled. Yeah. You know? And I wonder how often I do that in life more than just that. (laughs) How much do I compromise a half full cup instead of a full cup? Yeah, that's a really good question. You live by yourself too, though. No, no, no? we actually live right over here. Oh the, yeah, the you're like close cylinder, to this. Yes, Tower. and I used to live in the San Marco yeah, across right the street across from street. you. Yeah. I lived there for like ten years. It was really? a really cool experience. I yeah, I fucking love living downtown. I kind of miss it, but then I also like I was talking about because I'm immersed with humans all day. I yeah. kind of love. Um, well, um, I'm still in a neighborhood. I'm in you're Audubon. Still getting like <laughs> yeah. Food. yeah, but you're away. You're in a house. Yeah, I'm in a house. I, I live by I myself. I, like, trip on something and say, fuck, and my neighbor's like, hey, keep it done, asshole. Like, I get it, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, yeah. I'm loud as fuck. I'm a loud person. So I, I, I've been craving a house. I love living downtown, but I'm craving a house. Are you? Yeah, I want to fucking break a wall and paint something and, like, get random weird art, bizarre shit. I want to create and play my music loud and fucking run around the house naked. I don't know. I want to be an individual without fear of, like, bothering somebody else. Can you really recharge in an environment where you're trying to be considerate of somebody you haven't even met? Yeah. No. <laughs> They're like just listening to the yeah, person every part upstairs. of me. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying, dude. <laughs> yeah, I just remember pissing off all my neighbors because, yeah, I love, I play bass. Yeah. I also sing. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. so I'm really yeah. loud. Dude, it's like <laughs> living around people for an ADHD person is like the death of your hobbies. Is what yeah. I experience. It's yeah. fucking wild. Because I, yeah, I paint, which I don't know, that really I impacts mean, people. It's more of a hyperfixation in the moment, but maybe it's not, you know, but like, I don't feel like I have. With all our freedom. hobbies. Yeah. Maybe I want to <laughs> fucking get into blacksmithing and I built a home force and I'm fucking making banging. Noise yeah, I was for a minute reupholstering furniture That's what I mean, and dude. ripping and tearing. Yeah. Like, people are probably like, seven shut things the on the wall. Man, up. Fit, dude. Yeah, they don't want that. Yeah, and I rearrange, I buy furniture, I'll flip furniture and trade it. Yeah. So then it's no, like, wow, we're moving shit constantly. It's so fun. But Too it's loud. loud, dude. Too loud. Yeah, I would break out in song all the time. I wanted to be a singer forever. 
And Did I you really? And I would fucking belting in my house. Yeah. I'd put something on. It's fucking sane, dude. I love it. Dude, I got to send you this TikTok I started watching yesterday where they're giving, like, at-home singing lessons. And I, so I've been, like, doing <laughs> yeah. like, these Can lessons. Can I do that? Like, no, I can't. <laughs> Shut up. You're flat. <laughs> like, I was plugging my nose yesterday and getting, like, nasal. Well, she was doing, actually, Celine Dion. Like, if you want to hit these notes yeah. like this, like, plug your nose yeah, and then continue, of- like... I, so you're taking singing, that's, I'm doing that. it on my own that's but like, I, yeah you're watching YouTube videos self taught <laughs> dude I've like this is really like random but I've also like installed lights in my house via yeah. YouTube I yeah. uh, put in a C wire uh, to go. have Google Home you know like yeah. thermostat dude, no, so like fucking, YouTube can teach me YouTube everything YouTube taught me so much there was this page when I was younger I used to like follow all the like toxic dude stuff like, like alpha and male Oh, what? Were you into this? Man. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I don't think I was doing it to oh, try and, Lord like, help I us. wasn't trying to, like, assert dominance. <laughs> You're going to just be a patriarchy asshole? <laughs> Someone I'd probably Dude, be fighting with? I was with? raised in a Christian conservative household, and that was the How are you so kind, and I don't hate you? <laughs> <laughs> because, I, like I said, like, I look at myself. I can yeah. look at myself and be like, Dude, fuck that guy. I think like that. Like, I, I can't believe, like, the way that I used to act. I literally am baffled by my behavior sometimes. I think that's beautiful to speak to white yeah. men about that behavior and that vulnerability of, it's ooh, hard, maybe dude. I am being Because like you this. have to take accountability. It's not hard to take accountability of your actions. It's hard to take accountability for the people that you fucking hurt along the way being an asshole. That's what's hard. That's really hard. It's hard to fucking realize that you crossed the line with people that are never want to see you again, that never want to talk to you again. Ugh, that's Even really after hard. you've put in the work years later, and you truly are a different person. You've reconciled with yourself. You've repented. You've changed. They don't fucking care because of who you were. And that transactional relationship has happened so many times with me. How could I not be a different person? I fucking hate the dude that hurt that person. Yeah. You know, I fucking hate that version of me. I'm proud of who I was because it was really me. So I actually had something to change. Yeah. I was fucking really me. And I really hurt you. Yeah. And I was really not okay. But I fucking hate him more than you do. And I changed him. I killed him. He's dead to me now. I'm this person now. But you can't tell that to someone you fucked over. Yeah. You can't tell that to someone who sees you a certain way. They're in their own time, their own healing. Yeah. So am I. And so I, you know, when I was younger, I had all these ideas of what I thought it was to be a man, of what I thought it was to be a human being to be successful to be a friend to be a partner that i realized were archaic and built within that conservative christian household which i'm glad i had an anchor because it taught me to be really within like myself i love that and that authenticity i'm just so glad that's what i actually got if i take nothing when i love my family what they taught me but if i take nothing they taught me that just that raw like dude be you and i was and for literally for better or for worse um, but those videos I would watch were like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, can we, uh, I kind of, <laughs> I was like, can we go back? It's like an ADHD finished? tangent. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, I love that yeah. because I'll be in a dark, like I'm really, yeah, we're going on a soapbox here, dude. But anyways, I was thinking about, <laughs> but let's go yeah. back to like, <laughs> they were sick. I learned how to whistle <laughs> and shine shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, dude. I would buy shoe shining kits. And I was learning how to shine shoes. I got really into pipe tobacco. 
What? <laughs> and like I was this like, this sounds like, like an ADHD life. Pipes, and I was like going to Tobacco World and being like, "What's your nicest briar?" <laughs> like, Do you still smoke fuck tobacco? Yeah, dude. I love going and smoking cigars at the, at the casino. Yeah. Like I have like a, friends. I yeah. love tobacco. Like Same. I know. It, Really shouldn't be smoking, but like Dude, I do have a fascination with tobacco being, yeah, just like a natural. I <laughs> like, mean, I like I, the reason I started any type of nicotine or smoke product. I can't smoke weed anymore. My body just can't fucking handle it. I think I'm like fucking borderline schizophrenic when I'm on that shit. Really? Yeah, I just think it brings out like any latent men- mental illness I have. I just saw an article that they're saying um, schizophrenia has yeah. increased for youth. Yeah that are really mm-hmm. highly involved in weed. And yeah. I was like, wow, that's chill. so, I want to, it was in the Washington Post. I want to dive deeper into that article. Freaked me out, dude. Because I've had, I've seen a bigger increase yeah. of mental illness. Like, and I don't know. It's so helpful too. Like, it's not for everybody. I no. Hate, I don't ever want people to blanket statement shit. That oh, like, hell no. Because I'm like, I can see the huge um, oh, benefits so for people. Benefits. For and pain. CBD, yeah, it's, it's fucking, it's a great thing. But for me, no. <laughs> I start seeing shit genuinely and I start uh have you ever been disassociated where you like exist behind yourself almost and everything moves just frame by frame? I would say it's when I'm having sometimes like severe panic attacks yeah, in the past yeah, yeah, where yeah. I am like having almost out of body experience yeah, like it's I don't really have that anymore but and when I I grew up in some really high trauma. Yeah. So yeah. and I've noticed um I mean this is probably like really really personal yeah, no. deep but uh, when I was with, like, an abusive partner, like, yeah. I was using that to cope. Like, mm, I was disassociating. Smoking. No, disassociating. Using literal oh, disassociation fuck. to survive. Yeah. Um, like, that pain and suffering. Like, I remember my therapist saying, why don't you... Because I'm a intense person. Yeah. Very yeah, passionate. Yeah. Very vocal. Yeah. But when I'm with, like, an unsafe human... Dude, it, it You know, like, cripples. I saw that part of me, like, oh, this child that would disassociate with... Yeah some trauma going on in their house Yo. was disassociating with this partner and becoming like, you know, they talk about flight yeah. for, you know, all flight, of that. Flight, I'm freeze. a freezer, which yeah. a lot of people wouldn't know that about me. No. Cause my nickname is mad dog. And yeah. I go, I She's say Italian mafia like yeah. on people, but that part of me, like what you're talking about, like seeing, trauma, I'd be like watching dude. this and I'd be like, I'm not even me right now. Yeah. I'm back here it's and this, I'm terrifying. experiencing this, but I'm over here. And, like you almost like you're, almost too aware of your limbs, your body, your everything. You're just so focused, like locked in. Yeah. You're locked in, in your, inside of yourself. That's insane too. I'm first off. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Thank you. I know you. that probably means fucking. No, I think it's, I think like, it's really good when men like it's healing for me when yeah. men say that because I'm like, I don't know. I think it goes kind of unacknowledged a lot for women and men experience abuse yeah, too. Well, that's, there's always something to apologize for when trauma's in the picture. There's always something that, like, the little Maddie inside of you. <laughs> Have you ever done empty chair? No. Have you ever had a therapist do that? When you were talking about, like, that um, part of you that was, like, mean or had no. this, like, past, like, no. um, part of empty chair, it's uh, Gestalt, um, the psychologist, yeah. um, theorist, like, yeah. his uh, – intervention was that you talk to yourself that person yeah and maybe you're forgiving that person yourself or like me i've had therapists have me talk to that little mad like talk to you you take care of who got you to this point even if you were doing that bad stuff or whatever like you can talk to him and forgive him you know what i mean like i I think that's a beautiful practice in therapy um so my version of it uh 
or maybe just the Christian version of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when I was raised, my mom would talk to me about um, giving it to God, right? And I think people look at that loosely, like, as a way of avoiding discipline. Yeah. Oh, I gave it to God. I'm good now. No, the system is out there. It's not about being good with the world. It's about getting good with yourself. Mm-hmm. And what I would do is I would, any hurt that I've caused, any hurt that I felt, and my grandpa talked to me about this too, you just, you know, you, you, it's acknowledging who you are, who you were. The whole point of the baptism is going in, coming out different, a public recognition of your faith declaration. You can do a spiritual baptism as well. You can do just that, that raw, like, acceptance. So repentance, reconciliation, and forgiveness. That's the cycle that is, like, the salvific factor. And then giving yourself to Christ. That's, like, the whole idea. So I would do that when I was younger. And I just remember, whew, <laughs> I just remember, like, dude, I went through a lot of trauma, too. And, like, I would fucking, I know that feeling of, like, you. it feels better to be trapped inside of your own head than to be present in the moment that's hurting you. Yeah. And I remember so many times I would just and I people are like how are you never angry at God for not saving you or how are you how could a good God do that it's like dude let's talk about the hurt I'm hurting right now like I'm not trying to fucking (laughs) do apologetics of faith because people would always that we're still autonomous is that something you believe like the human still has that freedom or right to like make choice that it isn't all that's that's really what to God in that way I it's hard to get into that faith spectrum and like try and explain my relationship with God because I genuinely think I see it differently than modern Christianity. Um, but yeah, that free will, that free choice. Yeah. Like, like your free will. Exactly. And to the most brutal effect, like sometimes there are horrible things that happen to people, not because of decisions that they made, but because they're a punishment for the actions of someone before. Like, why is my, you know, why was I born with this you know, thing. It's like, well, you know, your mom was drinking a lot while you were pregnant. Yeah. You know, and it's like, that's not like, that's not like a God decision. That's a fucking human decision. Totally. And there's what I believed when I was younger and going through so much of that hurt was like, dude, I just need a fucking, I would give it to him and I would do that. Like I would address myself within my disassociation. And I felt so free from that. And you could look at it secularly and call it that, like, you know, talking to the younger you in the chair across from you, write a letter to your kid self. Yeah. To me, it was giving that kid self to God so that he could hold on to it. Okay. Because I just, to me, I didn't have the bandwidth to support myself. And I couldn't rely on my mom. I couldn't rely on my dad. I could, but I couldn't. Yeah. That might have been pride, (laughs) you know, might have been ego. Yeah. But I, I really had a strong desire to, like, get out of that trauma. And that's where that maybe toxic responsibility to help people came from. And, yeah. But, I, yeah, that's interesting. I'm sorry that that happened to you, too. I'm sorry that I can relate to that. Yeah, I'm sorry, capacity. too. Like, I mean, anyone who experiences, I don't even know your whole I, yeah. story, but I was like, dude, you're going to have to come back on, yeah. I feel like. I yeah. feel like I have so much more. We trauma episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was like talk about the itty gritties. Yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to do. I don't want to make you. I hope I didn't disenfranchise you by talking about mine over yours. Oh what? No, this yeah. is your. This is your episode, dude. No, dude I'm interviewing no, you. No, we're two people here. I just. I hate. 
I saw a post the other day where it's like, dang, I'm sorry you felt like I one up to you. I was just trying to relate for real. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I find that, that to be, for me, I do the same thing. Yeah. And I, some people will be bothered by that. Yeah. Um, I think it makes me feel like it's community. It's not like yeah. you're isolated or alone when someone yeah. else sees you, and has like, experienced you. In the same vein. I've definitely pissed people the fuck off. Me too. I've like had, I love my friends that have told me this, but I've had people be like, dude, can you just let me fucking exist and have my fucking hurt and not try and put yours on top of mine? I'm like, well, I'm just trying to let you know I feel the same way. Yeah. It's almost like, like I'm, I'm doing sorry, it in like, dude. yeah, what I think you're saying is like that empathetic way. Like I see you, I'm yeah. here for you and I vibe this. I feel, feel it. i the same fucking hurt that you feel so that and I'm take it off of you. Alone. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm here, but like, fuck. Yeah. It's no, I shame. love that. So I hope I wasn't just. Oh, you did not at all. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no. If that felt more like one, because um, males have, you know, yeah. maybe been my perp. I don't know, yeah. like the perpetrators. Yeah, I, I was like, I should stop using that <laughs> word, but like, kind of like the initiator of some trauma for me. Yeah. And when a man sees that, maybe like in me, or like, yeah. oh, you've experienced this, yeah. and I'm gonna acknowledge that that's yeah. like men shouldn't do this. Mm. Um, being that. They have, I mean, I have a ton of privilege as a white woman, but like yeah. male, white males are yeah. much even more privileged. Um, and them saying or acknowledging that is just affirming to me like, oh shit, like they acknowledge that hurt mm-hmm. and pain. They don't think it's acceptable when you have been gaslit, when you've been was told that, that didn't exist. Would you say that that was like your primary thing was like you were living in somebody else's like under somebody's truth? to the point where you just were like, this is normal, this is life, this is how it's supposed to be. I think it's hard when you come out to tell people, I mean, I haven't even been fully probably open or, um, you know, know, like about like that pain and suffering from, I mean, honestly, at the hands of a lot of men throughout Mm -hmm. my life um, that I don't typically, you're told like you're exaggerating as a woman, like, you know, like getting sexually harassed in a workspace, you know, just like those yeah. experiences we have as a woman and we're just told to internalize yeah. or like, so kind of like what you're saying, like people have maybe not wanted it to be real and are, don't want people to be accountable. So they're like, shh, like yeah. silence but, that voice, you know, for women. Yeah. That makes I mean, that's why the me too movement yeah. ever got, yeah, absolutely. You know, like happening. I think, I think seeing that like visceral response is the best thing that people can do though. Like what else is there to do but speak on it? Take that action, fight back. It freaks me out. Like I'm I'm like I can't believe that it's just it's like shocking how much it actually happens. Oh and yeah. People or maybe even like working in a barbershop all dudes. Mm-hmm. Fucking hear what people talk about. Some shit where you're like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? I you know what I just got this like <laughs> fantasy or dream for your barbershop which i think is actually happening just from you saying that is like oh we're in a space where men are gonna think that they can just dehumanize women or what whoever um and i'm gonna confront that because i think that's the most powerful is men we should have a group men holding men accountable barbers (laughs) holding men accountable yeah Because that's where men, I mean, I've been in my brother's barbershop yeah. several, a couple times. I respect times. how he runs his shit, dude. Yeah, and I love that. No I love coming as a woman into those spaces, yeah. too. Like, I loved sitting in your barbershop. Yeah. It felt really safe to me, to be honest. Yeah. Your space is really warm and welcoming. That means a lot. We are pretty fucking dead serious about how we treat people. Yeah, I've like, just being able to lessons. chill on your couch and, like, yeah. talk and with you. it's not a fucking thing. It's, like, sick. 
because you're sick and we don't look at anything other than the merits of your character. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the fuck you are, dude. <laughs> That's like, yeah, I've, I had to learn really hard lessons to get to that point. I had to go through a lot of fucking like misogynistic, a lot of just deprecating like behavior and thoughts. Even being raised by a single mom, I had to check my shit. Like thinking that I had that benefit of like, I almost was like a justification. Well, I was raised by a single mom. I could think this way. Not even, I can't even put a, like, descriptor on how that was. I just know that I was a fucking asshole. Yeah. And I didn't think of people in an equal manner. I didn't think of people in a way that, like, was conducive to, I think, healthy relationships. And I damaged relationships consistently with boys and girls, you know? Just, like, with that talk. It doesn't, like, if you... If even let's say that you are just an asshole to one person or one group or one whatever, it affects everybody, even the people that are within the same shared circle of thought. Well, because you're just near a hateful person. Our neurons, so we're like picking up each other's energy. If you yeah. believe in that or not, it's like a fact. Yeah, and so, okay. like what you're saying, like that kind of um, energy you're putting out to the world, even if it's like. I mean, it's as cheesy as that ripple like effect, <laughs> you know, like, fly, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. like I'm yeah, putting ripple. this out yeah. to these people, then they're going out to the world impacted by this energy. And then it's like spewing well, kind of that around. The worst thing to be is like a part of an echo chamber. Yeah. Of people that are fucked up, just thinking it's OK to be fucked up and just echoing it to each other and just being fucked up <laughs> like that. Yeah. So the hardest thing was to pull yourself out of it. But no. Oh, I've been in that space and had to check myself too. Yeah. Even as a woman being toxic, like yeah. about other women and shaming totally. and mean and the gross behind the, yeah, it's, it really is. And it, it affects everybody. And in way, like some, some people I would never expect. I'm like, damn, dude, like, fuck, you're one of the cool ones. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck, what do you mean, dude? And I actually, I have to really check myself because I get irrationally angry at some people, like to the point where I'm like, unfair in my feelings towards x y or z people because i'm like if i fucking stop doing that fuck you pussy <laughs> fuck you. i get so mad i just it in it literally it makes me so mad yeah I'm like especially if it's addressed and then it doesn't stop i'm like dude that was the fucking checkpoint where you need to look at your because that is i was never spared the punches when i was getting called out on my shit and i loved it i needed it dude i was like getting checked by people that I never thought would check me. Yeah. And it changed my fucking life. And so I, you want to be that? Is that kind of what you're no, saying? No, you I don't want to check them, I, but, because but you find yourself wanting to like, I just, when, when it does happen and people still act or like hold in their heart, the same toxic feelings, or they just act a certain way that's skeezy. I'm like, dude, you don't even understand how fucking damaging your, your shit is. I didn't. And now I get to see it, and I, I literally just, my skin crawls. Like, yeah. I'm sorry for my strong responses. No. It genuinely, I get like, what you're saying. I get, I, it's hard to create that, like, in a kind way for me. And so I don't feel like I've earned the right to share that with people. So it's, no, I'm not my job to check people. Okay, no. I can't no. do it yet. Yeah, I feel like, but I get, like, you do, like, really angry when I see it. Yeah. Um. Like, I can relate to that, what you're saying, because I'm, and not in that I want to hold them accountable, but I get mad that no one's holding them accountable right. or something. Like, right. why isn't anyone else checking yeah. this person? Like, why is it just me, like, dying on this hill and yeah. no one else seems to care? Yeah. What's that? What is that bystander theory? This is weird, but like, okay. there's this theory in psychology where 
someone could be having a heart attack in the middle of New York City, right? And they're people will just walk over these bodies, people yeah, dying, yeah, yeah. because they're like, someone else yeah, will no, take no. care of it. Yeah, I've seen that. Or like, <laughs> but that's kind of that's like, I don't know why I'm connecting no, that, that, but like, kind of yeah. like, oh, wh- but I'm more like, why am I the only one who that's wants doing to? doing it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, you're, so you're the person that says call an ambulance when someone's hurting. Yes, I'm yeah. immediately responding. I'll break up any fist fight that's going yeah. on. I'm g- always going you're, to, uh, um, yeah, I'm going to put myself in the inner mix of like yeah. protecting other humans. That's that, I, I think, yeah, I think we share some similar traits and tendencies i think so too that, that is that form of self-sacrifice that i felt like beholden to when i was younger that kind of carries in somewhat now where it's like dude fuck what i got going on i need to do something about this yeah yeah i think that i think that just general mindset like it's fucking it's it's hard i'm still in like the infantile stages of like controlling the that like it, even that in a sense like jumping into the mix of something that's like an explosive response yeah know, is it a safe time yeah, to be doing this for I me making the best decision so i'm like i think that can happen verbally as well to the point where you never i and i wonder this a lot with things i never earn the right sometimes to be the person that checks that person like, yeah will it actually get across that's maybe a like you could say it's not the just being a bystander Sometimes, like, depending on the – like, if it happens in my shop, I'm going to fucking – I'm going to address it. Because the buck stops yeah. with you in there. Yeah, fucking, that's the end of that. Like, fuck you and what you thought you were doing right here. Yeah, this I'm the is, owner. This is, <laughs> this is my barber shop. Yeah, it will, and it, the business helped me, too, uphold my morals and values because it, it gave me something extra to stand for. I had my own morals and values, but I'm not too rubber. Like, I'm not too – like, someone some, says something, I'm not going to really be affected by it. But something in a space that I've deemed as open and welcome to all – when that stepped on, I'm called to the shop's expectations that I set, not just my own. So yeah. I usually need it's it. like your norms, your rules yeah. of your hit the bricks, space. Dude. I'm you done. I'm done with that. Like, get <laughs> the fuck out of here. I'm so sorry, dude. Yeah. Not I really. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, yeah. sorry, not sorry. Like, this yeah. is how it's going this down because this, this is my is. space and I have to set that, like, safety. Yeah. It's, yeah, like the buck stops with you. So it's, you're, you have to hold yeah. those standards for your barbershop. It's harder and interpersonal. Mm-hmm. It's harder when you've a deep relationship with a human. Oh god. That's where yeah. that's kind of where my aggressive outburst came from earlier because it's just like it feels borderline hopeless sometimes where I'm just like what could I I feel like I already have. And that you know you feel like you already have like hit that point where like they they just haven't picked up on yet. Maybe that's my internal decision to be like maybe it's time to move on from from one thing or the other and uh yeah it's it's an interesting i keep saying interesting oh one thing you'll notice about the podcast too like i'll listen back and i'm like wow i said yeah yeah like so many like these weird like um (laughs) communication i don't know like things that i do that i don't know until i'm actually hearing my voice i'm like misnomers yeah i'm like like, why do i do that it's so annoying honestly (laughs) i actually really like that i used to um journal through voice memo and i just would talk into my thing oh i like that and i would i would like hyper analyze my conversation because i would this is gonna be weird (laughs) 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 i would i would record myself (laughs) but i would talk into a mirror whoa so you could like see it because i I wouldn't treat myself like a reflection i would treat Hmm. myself like i was venting to a person and i would pause with like their responses to my shit Dang, and this it was is like, intricate. It's, it's fucking weird, but I would like 
what they, I, would, I would say something and then what I would expect myself to say back to what I just said. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I would record it. And one, it was really helpful in addressing like, I would be like, you miserable, stupid fuck. Like, why do you even care? Like, I'd get over it. I'd be like, it's not even that bad. But it would help me either A, like you ever listen to somebody else's problems? You're like, well, I would have just done this. Uh, every day as I a counselor. myself <laughs> with my own shit. I did it to myself. And Whoa. I would be like, man, I would just do, you fucking moron. Why don't you just do this? And I'd be like, oh, I don't know how to just do this. Like, See, that's kind of like this uh, role playing with yourself. Yeah, like, in a weird way. The therapist and, and the client. Way, You're the therapist and, and the client. And you can listen to it and then just like, it's almost like if, uh, you can differentiate like your two like different call and response conversation with yourself. It's fucked up. I don't know if it's normal. I don't know if it's okay. I don't know if there's like. Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. into this because Textbook drama narcissi- theory, narcissi- like around therapy, is yeah. this. It's acting and using acting as an intervention yeah. theory. Yeah, no, that's that's. So you're yeah. kind of like I don't. I'm not trained in this, so I don't want to even yeah. speak no, to it did. like as an expert. But it, I feel like if I was gonna guess, I feel like it's something similar to this. Like you're almost like improving, but not like. Yeah. No. 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 You know, yeah. like 100%. out healing it's, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like I'm. <laughs> I, that's how I would do, um, I just remember it too. Cause I'd always like talk like, you know, like I was like leaned up against, know, leaned he's against currently leaned against a wall yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with his with head, head against the board. You can't and see it, this, but like I am a, watching it. Yeah. I'd just be sitting and I'd like talk to myself in that way. And I like uh, almost nonchalantly like I, and it did feel movie-esque because there was a lot of ego tied to it. There mm. really was, Cause I only did it when I was younger, but it helped me the fucking most. And I would address my. We, to bring it full circle, the point that I was trying to make from that was what you had said where you'll li- listen back and you'll be like, damn, I talk like this a lot. And so I would re-listen through those and I would hyper-analyze my conversations with myself and I would be like, huh, I need to address the way that I'm doing this. I need to acknowledge the, the communication point or I need to be more articulate when I say this or I need to be more – and so I would – I can be as judgmental as I want with myself. Like I said, like I, earlier, like I have a good sense of self-security to the point where I'm like, I'm, I can talk harshly to myself, harsher than anybody ever could, and I could actually like get through, you know. And it doesn't feel toxic myself. or yeah. shame. But it's hard. It's hard. It's like in a no nonsense, like, oh, this is wrong, this is right, this is wrong, this is right. In a way, you should never talk to another human being. But and like I can you talk can, to because you way. feel safe within yourself, yeah. is what you're saying. In certain relationships, where I'm super secure. I, I'm still softening it, but I'm just like, hey, this is the point blank period of the situation, and I just want to get it straight across so that there's no room for miscommunication. So I have that with myself, but it, it kind of started from that like self improv. So, yeah, <laughs> I love this. I would listen back on <laughs> my shit it. too and be like, damn, I yeah, I say yeah a lot, or I yeah. say fuck, or interesting. And I say yeah, I'll say yeah, I like this, I love it, like yeah. over and over, yeah. like I bet if I I had to do this a lot in graduate school what you're talking about yeah. like watching myself as a therapist so I'd film sessions and then yeah. grade myself. Yeah. So I've had to do a lot of that work being like, yeah. wow, you make That's this face, you look space. really harsh when you're yeah. doing this or you're saying this so it almost feels like this when yeah. you, you know like the clients responding this way to totally. you. It it was really helpful and I wish I honestly still did that Applied work. More. Yeah, I didn't This even kind know of is doing it in yeah, some ways. Because we'll for me. Back. And I'll like be like, "Oh lord, we'll why did I say there with this our again?" teeth clenched and just be like, ah, you know, that's so even crunchy. at the start when I was crunchy. like, this, yeah, I was like, what do they do, dude?" <laughs> When, yeah, when you when we first started and you were like, can you talk into the mic? Can you talk into the mic? Can you talk into the mic? I'm like, oh, there's wire over here. <laughs> like, just fucking completely ignoring you. I'm like, dude. Fuck. But we weren't technically on yet, but no, we were but testing. Still, I'm like, 
in my head, I'm like, just fucking like try listening, dude. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? I don't listen oh, either, fuck. so I feel like I'm empathetic to my ADHD brothers yeah. and sisters. <laughs> fucking... Even I'm gonna listen back and be like, man, how many times did she make a point and then you just tangented into a different point? I'm sure I did the same. <laughs> we'll be listening to each other <laughs> do that like, like, today. Yeah, we'll cringe together. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. It, well, I was actually going to say, like, on that note, we've already recorded for a minute. Yeah, so I was like, a screen time, too. Oh, yeah, and I, I got to fucking edit. Or yeah. I don't really, actually, I do not edit this. I'm, this I'm decolonizing no, podcasts. I'm like, fuck that. I'm going yeah. to rawly yeah. do this. Maybe when I introspectively look back, yeah. I'll do some stuff. But right yeah. now, I'm just really wanting to connect to humans in Spokane. Community. This is built like community with yeah. my podcast already. Yeah. I hope you'll be back on. Yeah. At some point, if you like it or oh, want to do, we can even it's, pick a topic that we specifically hone no, in on. I'm into it. We just recorded fucking a therapy session, basically. Well, so or I don't just a, the birth of like a closer friendship. Honestly, yeah. I hope so because like, you're awesome, and I really connect to your story. I always have. Yeah. Just your energy is awesome. That means a lot. And I thank you for being on because it is vulnerable. And my friends who play music yeah. said this is more vulnerable than me like getting up and playing bass on stage. I'm like, what? Yeah. No, it's not. This is this is <laughs> this like is. this is my idea of like what people say like deep friendship. This is what that looks like, and we just recorded it because usually I'll have these interactions in my shop or at someone's house or over a drink. But being able to record that, I think that's something that's gonna forever feel really special to me. Every person. Being able to have I agree with you. I think it's, and it's funny, a lot of the, well, like Big Ed was just on you, and then yeah. one of my really closest friends was on, but really, I'm ch- a lot of the people that are going to be on this, we haven't had a deep relationship, but yeah. now we're going to. Hoping that it fosters that. Isn't it? It's not yeah. been my closest friends that I've been inviting yeah. on. It's been people I well, want to know better. Tongues. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. It really is interesting. I wonder, I'm curious. I wonder, I'm curious. <laughs> I curiously wonder <laughs> <laughs> if... You'll you'll maybe acknowledge stuff about yourself moving forward, like t- how you interact with strangers, like the facade of your character versus the facade of your character with your friends when you do get them on. It'd be so interesting to have that self like analysis of like mm-hmm. how do I act like nurturing deep relationships with strangers versus with my friends. Who yeah, Other parallels. I, dude, that yeah. I could you could analyze <laughs> Madeline's <laughs> yeah. close friendship podcast, Madeline's Stranger new podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then seeing where the parallels are between, like, the strangers who then enter into that, like, friend podcast. I don't know. That's fucking, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. If I were in your position, I'd be like, interesting. What a character study. <laughs> like, on me or you or whatever. Yeah. I love that shit. Because I love interpersonal, just building relationship in general. So do I. Yeah. yeah. I and think I, that's why we didn't need a script for this. No. And it that's just, why I'm going unscripted, too. Like, yeah. Um, I feel safe with you. Like yeah. people I've chosen to be on the that podcast. Means a lot. Yeah. Thank I feel you. really, really safe with the people. So yeah. even it's if I was being a mess, like easy. you guys would just be like, all right, dude, Madeline's same. ADHD tangent, whatever she just said. <laughs> like even, dude. We just no down. judgment. Double down, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Me too. <laughs> yeah. And so I don't know with that. Every time I've had someone on, I've asked them kind of, they think it's so cheesy, <laughs> but I'm like, what is kind of like your words of wisdom as we close to people in Spokane or yeah. something inspiring to people in Spokane uh, yeah. as we end this episode? <laughs> this is where I get the most jaded because I watch so much media that, yeah, maybe this will be it. I'll tie into it with a little fucking podium speech. <laughs> um, I see so many videos like, what's your advice to other hairstylists or to other creators or the other things? And it's just, oh, work hard. You're going to get it fucking focus on what you believe in don't let anybody fuck that dude <laughs> it's so annoying to hear it really is it's not real 
I think I think my only advice would be be belligerently honest with yourself. Just like that that outrageous amount of honesty, like thinking the thought that you're too scared to fucking let pop into your head. That dark deep thing. What what personality traits fucking came out of that? What other secrets have you allowed yourself to fucking hide and change your personality because of it? Because I fucking figured mine out, and it's changed my life. And I don't really hold shit like that anymore. And I get to live. It's like this little tattoo. With (laughs) With a literal heart on your sleeve. They can't see it, it, but it's beautiful. It feels really good. And that, I mean, I don't know if it's advice. I feel even weird saying that. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out my verbiage for that, but I'm like, what are just final thoughts to people, essentially, that you want to... I mean, that's kind of where all my my ability to be vulnerable like we have been, just that raw vulnerability came from. Like, when you don't feel like you have any... You don't need to be public about it. You don't need to share it to the world. But when you're able to self-address those deep, dark secrets and, like, actually bring them up, maybe write them down, write down word for word what happened to you or what you did to someone else, just get that shit off your chest... You're going to free yourself from so much more hurt and open up the door for so much more good. I agree and believe that Yeah, fully. I'd say that's my, that's my send off. <laughs> All right. I, I, I love that, too. The same standard. I'm going to say I love that. I love that, dude. <laughs> I love it. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that closes out my, I guess, third yeah. real episode because I've done, I did like an intro, yeah. but this is the third guest to have on. And so... If you made it to one hour and 20 minutes, you're a badass and we thank you. (laughs) And yeah, that wasn't too much. No, you're great. Thank (laughs) you, Jacob, for being on. And I don't know who's on next because every week I ask somebody new. (laughs) Thanks for having me on. All right. We'll see you soon. Bye.